When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm excited to be sitting down with offensive assistant at Ohio State, Keenan Bailey. Keenan, it's great to have Thanks you here. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's exciting to get you guys out here. I've been, you know, work with Coach Hinton. I'm like, we got to have somebody from the Buckeyes out here. And you're, you're pinch hitting. Like, you, you stepped sure. in last minute here, so I appreciate that because I know you, you were busy this weekend at some other clinics, but Coach Matt Barnes, who was coming here, their baby came along a little bit earlier than they expected. Yeah, so. he's all excited to welcome uh, Henry <laughs> into the world. There you go. Well, no, it's, it's great to be here. I got a chance to meet you last year out at practice, and, and as I told you, I loved just watching you out there. You are you know, a younger guy, I think 24 years old, out on the field here. You've had some incredible experience already, though in your young career and I said I was you know watching you out at practice and I know Coach Day the older guys on staff really coach you up and expect a lot out of you too and and in watching you know you couldn't tell like you know who's the the head guy in this position or not like I mean you were out there coaching everybody up and it's just real impressed with with the energy I mean you go to Ohio State practice like I I highly recommend it to everybody you can get out to, to their spring ball and watch practice it'll really change the way you think about how you do things because it is a well-oiled machine. For sure, yeah. I think it makes my, my job easier working with Brian Hartline the last couple seasons. He's, he's a maniac out of practice. He doesn't, he doesn't ever walk. He's, <laughs> he's running everywhere, playing DB, throwing crayons on. So, so much so if I don't do that, then I stick out like a sore thumb. So definitely kind of matching his energy has kind of pushed me. Yeah. So, Keenan, I think you have a, an, an interesting track into the profession and you know the way you were able to get to where you're at right now at Ohio State tell us a little bit about you know your background Mm -hmm. in coaching football yeah so it is it is different having not played in college in high school I played a little bit got hurt stopped playing stayed around football and I remember my senior year an offensive coordinator came down from the University of Missouri Josh Henson and he knew I was considering going to Mizzou and he offered me a position to be his student assistant mm-hmm. if I go to Mizzou. And I ended up going there and loved it and worked with the football program. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. And that was that first season with Coach Pinkle where we won the SEC East. Mm-hmm. Everyone had us picked to come in last. And we go to all these places and upset all these teams. And I, I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I worked in a great unit uh, with the wide receivers. Five of those guys went on to go to the NFL. Absolutely fell in love with it. Called my parents and said, I want to be a football coach. And I always loved football, but right. really that season molded me. I ended up transferring to the, the school I always wanted to go to, Notre Dame, to work with my mentor, Tony Alford. Mm-hmm. And he coached running backs, and he was the director of recruiting. And I get there, and they say, Keenan, you can't be on the field as an undergrad. And I was all upset because I was used to being in indie periods, and I was used to drawing scout cards and right. kind of being the GA for the GAs at Mizzou. <laughs> 
so I go to Notre Dame. They stick me in the recruiting department, and that was that was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned how to recruit. I learned compliance. I learned the difference between official visit, unofficial visit. While I'm a student, I learned, and that was really on the cutting edge. That was before we could text kids. Right. That was right, all in that right. DM world. I mean, I think being young and somewhat creative, I, I brought some value. I think, and that was really on the onset that that wave of the graphics and the the edits. Yes. So I really learned that from the ground up in that recruiting department for two years. And then Coach Alford left after we actually lost to Ohio State. He went down, joined Coach Meyer's staff, and he said to me, hey, you have a spot to be an intern, to be on our support staff. And I said, well, Coach Alford, I still have 24 credits left. I'm a junior. Mm-hmm. And he said, all right, well, I don't know if you're going to have this opportunity next year. So I go down. I actually met with Coach Meyer very briefly toward the facility, and I said, shoot, I – I have a decision to make. And I already had my house for senior year, all my buddies. <laughs> really probably the hardest decision I made was leaving college early, taking 24 credits in one semester so that I could graduate a year early to go down and, and work basically for pennies uh, as an intern with Coach Meyer. So for there, uh, that was, what now, five years ago. Um, I worked my way being the GA and then quality control, working with running backs and then receivers and most recently with quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Well, you know, first of all, wow, like that's some great experience, one from just the get-go, getting into college. And that's probably, you know, you said you fell in love with it right away, but even as, you know, an undergrad student assistant, and a lot of times, you know, when you think about the student assistants in the, in the ones we had, I tell them all the time, like, this is what you make of it. So if yes, you want to come and, and be the guy who helps with, you know, drawing up scout cards for two hours and come out to the field and, you know, help at practice, and you know set up drills or whatever and that's all you want to do fine but if you really want to invest in it you want to learn more like then do that too so i've seen with student assistants it really is some of them it's figuring out do i want this or not but, sure you know for those ones like you who really take to it there's there's a little bit of sacrifice too because you are now living the life of a coach which doesn't necessarily allow you to have all the time you might have as oh, I agree. any other student I on agree. And, and, and i've definitely had those nights of I wouldn't say regret, but definitely contemplating, did I make the right decision? Because, mm-hmm. like, as you said, you know, drawing scout cards instead of going <laughs> to frat parties. And I still had my fun. Don't, don't no, get me no, wrong. No, right. I love my experience, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It is different. I was that, that undergrad assistant pestering the GAs. And I, I thank God that at the University of Missouri, we had four or five GAs that are all in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what gap exchange was coming out of high school and whatnot or, you know, the difference between an Oki front and an odd front. But I asked those questions, and they taught me – when I was a freshman in college and kind of integrated me into the game. It was great. Yeah, I mean, just from, from that standpoint, the exercise of having to draw up scout cards, right? <laughs> that in and of itself, you know, you learn a ton from that, right? So, sure. and, you know, so I mean, sometimes as, as coaches, we're on the fly and telling you to do this or that, and, and you're like, yeah, I don't know what that is. You know, you'll see the look in your student sure. assistant's eye, and then you say, okay, hold on, I'll show you it's this and this. And then, you know, you, you see them do, you know, the funny things like put you know, 12 players on the field. I can remember my former quarterback had a, a semester left, came back, was a student assistant and drew 12 players on the field. And I said, sign this. He's like, why? I'm like, just put your signature on. I'm like, and then I put it up on my wall. I'm like, this yeah. is what you know about football. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you help those guys out. And it's, it's fun to see when those kids um, really take to it like that and take the ownership and go beyond just I'm going to be the yeah. guy who just does these – menial tasks I'm really good and they have those coaches like you probably were that really coached the young coaches yeah and I remember coach when I got to Ohio State coach Meyer was so big into that 
uh, you're a young coach, and he did a great job. He never called interns interns or GHGAs or quality control. He, we're all young coaches, mm-hmm. and Coach Day does the same today. Uh, but those guys, really those two guys and all the coaches I've worked with groomed me. I'm a, I'm a reflection of them. Yeah. So it, it's been great. So you're out here at our national conference, and you're going to talk a little bit about receiver play today. And yeah. I think we're talking a little bit about blocking and catching the ball, I believe, is your, your topics today. Yeah, I am, because uh, that, that's what we do as wide receivers. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it up to whatever questions guys have on receiver play. I think the way we teach it at Ohio State, especially the fundamentals of route running, is quite unique. And it all stems from Ryan Hartline. And just learning the wide receiver position from someone who played in the league for a decade has been great. We really talk about it as a, a top-down mentality, being that the most important part of every route, Keith, is is, is the end of it, from yeah. break point to catch point. Right, right. All right, so we teach the ABCs of route running, and what that means is every single route, I don't care if it's a go, a bub, an in, an out, a post, has an A, an alignment, and that really doesn't matter. I could be plussed out, or I could be cut split, I could be bunched, I could even be in a motion. Right. Every route has a break point, that's my B. That's, that's where I'm not running a go anymore. All right, I'm putting my foot in the ground. I'm going somewhere else other than straight. And then has a C, a catch point. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, you know, till the cows come home, the race from break point to catch point. I don't need a win early. All right, if I get mugged at the line of scrimmage, so be it. As long as I went from break point to catch point by six inches of separation, then I won the route. Right. Um, so really, that's kind of what we believe as wide receivers at Ohio State. That's what I'll be talking about today. Right. So, so coach us up on that with – you know, how you train that, that part of it. You know, I, I see, I think the, the, the art in coaching is when you can, can break down the essential points of uh, what's going to happen on a particular play to work those in, in a smaller segment of it. Because, number one, it's more efficient. We're always looking at player loading. Your guys, yeah. you got to watch legs all the time. So to go out and run, you know, 15 curl routes in a practice, yeah. uh, you might become better at it. But... You know, it's not the most efficient way because you do want to focus on those important parts, as sure. you said, the, the break point and the catch point. So talk to us about how you coach those up. Yeah, so really, you're, you're totally right. You get what you emphasize. That's what Coach Meyer used to always tell us. And if you want great top ends, emphasize the top end. You want great releases, which we do, but we don't put a premium on that. You get what you emphasize. And really for us during the season, right now is a great time in the offseason. We have these developmental drills or agility drills that we could work technique. In the season, you get five minutes on Tuesday with your guys for Indy. Then we're going to routes on air. Mm-hmm. And then on you know the next day, we're working red zone third down. You don't get any Indy, Indy period. So we ask ourselves, how many good reps can I get in a six or seven minute individual period? One thing that I encourage all, I'm going to tell these coaches here today, Coach Hartline has the practice swing mentality to developmental drills. Here, here's what that means. If you go watch a, a golfer, Tiger Woods, let's say. He doesn't just walk up to the to the tee box, grip it and rip it. He always has a couple practice swings. So if you come out and watch us, which I encourage you to do in the spring, you'll see in our wide receiver drills this practice swing mentality. What that means is, say I'm having a guy work a, a punch at the top end of his route. I'll have him work a punch. Great, he'll gather, work a second punch. And only on that third rep, that third repetition, will it be live. He'll get a ball. Mm-hmm. All right, so we try to do that in a lot of our drills. Let's say, uh, let's say again, I'm working a release. So we'll have a guy jog down a line and work that rep, work that body, that, that body mechanic of, let's say, a jab release. All right, so he'll work it once. He'll work it twice. And then on that third one, it's live. Why do we do that? Well, as a player, there's nothing worse than I, I did a rep one time. It was a bad rep, 
and now I'm standing in line waiting to yeah. go again. And what are you thinking about? Yeah. Wow, I just had a bad rep for, you know, for two minutes now I'm thinking about that bad rep. Next off, how many times as a coach you say, no, that's not it, send him back, start over. Well, we eliminate that because he just practiced a rep twice before a live rep. Mm-hmm. So again, just this practice swing mentality, we try to incorporate in all of our drills, having 16 guys in a line. Yeah, I love it. That's that's a great way to do it. And again, just getting get more out of it, right? Sure. Get, that's three times they're doing it exactly. compared to just as one compared time. to one. Yeah. So so break points. Talk to us about break points and the important things you focus on as as the coach. Yeah. So really, a, a, a top end for us is broken down into two segments. First is the entrance into because the best analogy again that Coach Hartline talks to young guys about a top end is a fast car and a sharp turn. Follow me, if I'm driving 80 miles per hour down a road, which Keith, you don't do, I don't do, our, our guys at Ohio State don't do, but let's say that they're driving 80 down a road and here comes a left turn. I approach that turn and I don't slam on the brakes, I just whip the steering wheel. What's gonna happen? You're gonna drift, yeah. you're gonna crash, sure, yeah. you're gonna slow down. In trouble. <laughs> in trouble's gonna happen, no doubt. It's the same thing at the top end. Let's, let's take that same example. I'm approaching that sharp turn, I'm going 80 still, but now I slam on the brakes and then I turn the steering wheel, and then I re-accelerate. It's gonna be more of a clean transition. Mm -hmm. Speed's gonna gather, speed's gonna build from point A to point B. That right there, in essence, is a top end. The legs of a player, those are my tires. I need to stop my energy going this way before I restart it going this way. That's what a top end is, so that's my entrance into. That's a slamming on the brake. Mm -hmm. So we train that with a punch one, two, a three-step stop. After we train them how to stop, then we can focus on the race out. And that all starts with the face. So I just said the tires of your car are your feet. Well, the steering wheel is my face. Mm-hmm. Before I can start going this way, I need to stop going this way. Once I stopped, I get my face out, then I race out. You know, So really that's how we train it, with a punch one, two, a three-step stop, and then face out, race out to my catch point. Right. So working then in, into the catch point, right? Sure. That's the next part sure. you're going to work. Talk to us about coaching up the catch point. Yeah. So. Uh, again, it all starts with your face. If I'm walking out here in this conference center and you say, hey, Coach Key, I'm not going to turn without turning my face first. I'm going to look to see where I'm going, and then I'm going to race out. It's the same thing with running a route. It's body mechanics. Where your face goes, your body follows. So I'll always getting my face out first, opening up my hips next, and then racing out. And one thing I want to add with the catch point, at Ohio State, we're always catching. If you want to get faster, how do you get faster? You run a lot. Run fast. That's mm-hmm. how you get fast. If you want to get be a better catcher, catch balls. In every single one of our drills, we always end with a catch. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of your stuff, you know, especially in spring, you go out to, to spring ball and watch the, the competition that you guys add into things too, <laughs> um, I think is incredible. And everybody knows who's the winner of that drill because who's, who's on the mic? And yeah, that'll be Coach Mick. Mick Coach Marotti. Mick is on it, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, winner, he's, loser. He's yelling out winner, loser. I mean, I, I love it. Like, talk about energy in practice. Well, I mean, number one, Coach Mick, there's – let's just start there. That's energy. Sure. But the way you guys do it, right? You got uh, – you know, so if you haven't been there, that you know, obviously they have an incredible uh, audio system there. But Coach Mick, Mickey Marotti has a microphone – and he is right there on the drill, and of course he knows everybody. And Live mic, baby. He is calling out the winner of the drill. Sure. Yeah, no, it is one neat thing, and it's not for every drill, but we do have days that we want to make a drill competitive. And if you've run track, you know that if I'm training, there's one thing about running a 400 great in training. There's something different when you put a competitor next to you. 
and you feel his body presence, right? You feel that demeanor. At the end of the day, we're all competitors. You don't want to lose. So that, that type of training, a competitive training, just feels different, all right? So what we do with our top ends uh, specifically, we'll do these top end cone races. And we'll put two cones out there. And we'll start our guys next to each other. And on Coach Hart's command, you got to race, touch the cone, and exit out. What's that training? Well, it's just training what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, the acceleration into a top end, the stop and restart to my catch point. But also, you want to tell, you want to see which one of your guys is competitive, put him up against one of his teammates. He refuses to lose. He'll, he'll, he'll work angles. He'll cut off his defender. Mm -hmm. All right? And then he might talk a little smack after. It's great. It's a great way. If you could feel your unit isn't bringing the energy that day, toss them into a competitive drill. Maybe it's final exam week. Guys are tired. Right. Maybe they're distracted because spring break starts tomorrow. Yeah. So then we're going to put them in a competitive drill, get the juices flowing, and get them going. It's great. Yeah. No, I, I love it. That's one of my favorite things watching in practice is the, the competition parts, man. You guys do it better than anybody. Um, the other thing you're going to talk about today and touch on, very important for receivers, and they have to do it you know, a lot of times more than they do their route running and catching footballs is blocking. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm talking about it today. It's, it's not easy, but it is required, like you said. And it starts with culture. Uh, Coach Day and Coach Meyer before him set that expectation. If you don't block, you're not playing receiver at Ohio State. All right, there is no choice. And, and they learn that from the moment we recruit them. We look for blockers. But, again, it's, it's not easy, like you just said. All of us as wideout coaches, Coach Myers to tell us, we're closet offensive line coaches. What he meant by that, <laughs> it, 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 it's easy telling Garrett Wilson to run a post. You know, or Paris Campbell in the open field, he makes someone miss. That's not you. You know, that's God who gave him that ability. <laughs> Is he going to go block that walkout? You know, we have perimeter run to him. He's going to go push, crack, and get that safety. Or is he not? And that's something that you need to emphasize. I think it starts with that, with, with, with emphasizing. We start our wide receiver meetings every day in the fall with two clips of blocking. All right? At practice, we do blocking drills one-on-one -on -one against a DB, DB stalk drill, before we do one-on-one -on -one routes. Uh -huh. Well, there's your emphasis right there. Yeah. And the second part, I, I think, and I encourage high school coaches to do it, is set a clear expe expectation. At Ohio State, if you have the ball in your hands at practice, the expectation is clear. You have to burst two stripes. That's 10 yards on a football field. Right. If you don't have the ball, I don't care who you are, you're supposed to fit up a defender with a ball-me-man relationship. All right, so ball's caught. I should be able to pause it and see what's going to happen. Well, that guy's going to burst two stripes with the ball. Everyone else fit up a defender in a ball-me-man position. Yeah. All right, so just because I hear a lot of times, guys, you got you to gotta finish the rep. Well, coach, what's that mean? What's it yeah, look like? exactly. And in today's day and age, kids ask why. Kids ask what. So you got to be able to show them. You, you do. I, at some point, wrote an article, and I learned this from a coach I work with at BW, Pete Peterson. He, he's talked to us about, you know, how they would, you know, I mean, sometimes, hey, wherever you're at, you know, to get the look out, you need a, of a scout team. Sure. Sometimes, you know, if your guys aren't, you know, attention to detail, they think they're winning a rep, just, I mean, there's a reason they're on the scout team, right? They're developing, they're not ready yet. The guy out there on the first team is better. Like, it's easy to beat that guy. Sure. It doesn't give you that true feedback. And, you know, so you have to define it, you know, for them. And exactly like you're saying, we had some of those, you know, similar rules in place that what we wanted to see when that play ended, right? We always, you know, it, it's easy, like, you know, re receiver coaches, you know, yelling, catch the ball. Well, of course, but what does that mean, right? Same thing, like finish the play. Well, define it. What define does that it, mean? Sure. What yeah, are the yeah. fine details that are actually going to make you better? So, you know, the 
for receivers too, so important to train them on, you know, when you don't get the ball, finding work. And it's easy in practice to to lose your focus on finishing the play like that. Oh, it went over there. I'm going to shut it down and jog back to, you know, the, the line of scrimmage or the huddle, whatever you're doing. It's going to make a difference in a game to get yourself in those positions. Sure. And just and, how it is easy for, for wideouts to, yeah. to kind of coast in practice, it's also easy for us coaches to look the other way and to focus on just the route. You know, I encourage you to, to look at the backside receiver. What's he do when he's not getting the ball? Right. You know, so as you said, it, like it's easy for players to coast. It's also easy for us coaches to coast on it. Yeah, It and I think, you know, with everything you do, you know, you said, you know, we're going to emphasize the two clips of blocking, beginning of every meeting. Like, being able to coach those things up on film. You know, I know when I went to BW, However, might have happened. Like we had to fix a little bit of the, the culture in our receiver room. It was, became selfish for whatever reason about getting the ball, and guys weren't working. You know, the end of the play, and we emphasized it. And then early in that season, you know, we have a play where they're all working now. They're trained to do it. Guy catches the, the ball on the seam, takes two steps with it. It gets knocked out from the side. Ball's on the ground, but coming right up is the guy who was sure. on the other side, who was going to find work and hustling his ass off. And he's there to get on the football, and we go in and score that drive. Now, when you have those coachable moments like that, and obviously not there in the game, you know, but we pulled that out right away on tape, guys. This is why we work. This is how we do it. And then that became training tape for any freshman coming into our program, you know, and, and meeting one for our receivers. Like that's. There's so many things, and you know this, that oh, yeah. as a coach, you can really get detailed and pay attention to, and you know, or you can forget about it and lack the focus and the details too and as a coach you you have to be on top of that stuff oh yeah we all have those those moments he just reminded me we're at Penn State playing in the fourth quarter of the whiteout two years ago down two scores and late in the drive late in the down we throw a dig to Ben Victor he ran it 40 yards for a touchdown everyone said great job by Ben well first off he was backside on that route we never threw it one time at practice so if he took that route out off you know, he, he wouldn't have been in the window for Dwayne to throw it to him. But we saved that clip for a reason. The other two receivers blocked their tail off to spring Ben's run after the right. catch. So like you just said, those are those coachable moments you better take advantage of, even for guys coming in. Yeah. You know, that, my recruits still see that clip because that's the expectation. Yeah, and, and just those little coaching points like you, Sam, you know, ball me man on sure. film at the end of every play. Sure. Like, very easy to, to grade where you were and did you have the effort to get there? Did you use the technique to get yourself in the right position? Like Black there's a white. lot being worked on in what to some people maybe is, is in, an insignificant part of the play. So important, right? The, yeah. Everything that happens after the lines we drew run out, because like, we only draw a part of the play, right? Sure. And we only draw how it's supposed to work out perfectly. Like it's the, the chaotic environment, learning to work in that and do what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing all the way up to the, to the whistle or I think I heard Urban say on a, on a Tim Tim Kite's podcast, uh, the echo of the whistle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, always going plus two, as he said it. So, so talk us through a little bit of the the technique. You know, blocking in, in space and the athlete you get, especially from some of those defensive backs, very tricky to do. So there's there's some key points though that help you win that block. What are the things you you're really focused? Yeah, on? Yeah, well, for a successful win? block, because you're right, it's definitely not easy, especially the athletes we see. It requires really three things. First, knowledge, second, technique, and third, the strain. The strain is something that Coach Mick teaches in the weight room. You know what I mean? That, that's the intangible. That, that's going plus two. That's your willpower. 
Uh, when I say knowledge, I'm talking about what's the style of the run? Is it quick hitting? All right, how am I going to execute a great block if I don't know where the ball is going? What direction and what style? What's the tempo and direction of the run? So our receivers should know the, with knowledge the style, uh, the tempo and direction of the run. Number two, technique. And we talk about the difference at Ohio State. The difference for us is that point of engagement, that point of contact. And we teach it program-wide, uh, so much so that everyone in our program knows what the difference is. All right, The difference for us is hairline under chin. You hear coaches a lot of times say, you know, get low. Well, if I'm standing up and I get down an inch, I got lower than I was. That's not low enough. Give them something that they could visualize. Hairline under chin. If my hairline's under my opponent's chin, I'm low enough. Next is thumbs up. We don't say thumbs in. If thumbs in, my elbows are going to be out. Yep. If I go thumbs up, what's that do? That activates my chest, my core. I'm, you know, I'm engagement ready. So hairline under chin, thumbs up, elbows together. You know, elbows together. Well, coach, your elbows are never going to be touching. Yeah, but if you try to get them touched, they're going to be in. Yep. All right. And then lastly, we say speed to lock or speed to grab, going from low to high. So really drilling that technique. And again, it's program wide. Our outside linebackers use the difference. You know, uh, if you're on special teams, you use the difference. There's going to be a junction point of contact everywhere. And for us as wideouts, that's a stock block. So we execute the difference uh, with knowledge of the play. And, and for our listeners, we did a podcast a, a few weeks ago with Anthony Slagle, and a big majority of that was the difference, and he coached us up for, through the difference as well sure. and talked about how it originated and importance of it. So I will put that one in our show notes. Be sure to check that one out. So Keenan, on the, on the blocking, the other, other part of it, probably just like you know, you need to, on your release, set yourself up to win a route, right, in, uh-huh. in how you're working for you know, leverage to be able to go to the inside or the outside on, on the break point and be able to get away. But same thing kind of applies on the block, that your route to that guy, not just where he is, but where he's going to be, is very important too. What are the coaching points you give to your receivers on well, that? Well, first off, with a stock block, that's really what we're talking about right now. We're talking about that, that open field, oftentimes front side, longer lasting right. block. This is not a crack or a pin or a right. cut block. This is a stock block. We have two advantages. All right, and Coach Meyer used to make us stress this with our guys, and we still do. We have two advantages. I know it's hard, but first off, the threat of pass. Right. If I'm a great receiver, I'm asking this defensive back to cover me on a go, and he's got to make a play in the backfield on a run. There's no way. So first off, threat of pass, and how do I execute that? Speed off the ball. If I hit pause the second end of my route, K.J. Hill should look like he's running a slot fade when he's really going to block a quarter safety. Mm-hmm. All right, I shouldn't be able to tell the difference. So threat of pass with speed off the line. What's that going to do? It's going to push the defender off, right? So now my block has taken place 14 yards downfield instead of eight. And then cushion. Uh, And all that cushion is for us, it's four yards in between me and the defender. If I break down four yards from the defender, we think that's enough room that he can't knife and make a play. And also, if he puts his foot in the ground and tries to bull rush me, four yards isn't enough distance that he's going to run me over. Yeah. Well, Keenan, I'm excited that you're here to share all this stuff with our, our coaches here and you know coach them up on some of these fine points. I really appreciate you being out here pinch hitting for, for Coach <laughs> Barnes on short notice. Uh, thank you to you. Thank you to Coach Tim Hinton as well for uh, arranging for the Buckeyes to be here. You know, we're obviously you look around. We're, we're trying to do a lot here to help the game, you know, from the youth level on, on up through high school. And so it's uh, this is always a great event each year. So it's great to have you out here. My final question I ask everybody, I'm going to ask you too, and it, and it comes from a book called The Winning Edge. You ever read The Winning Edge, Keenan? I haven't, but I, I'm an avid reader, so I'm going to add it to my list. It's hard to find. It's out of print, but it's Bill Walsh's book. And okay. 
I think I think Bill Belichick said it's one of the best coaching books out there. I'll you know, have to read it. Yeah, great stuff. So the the finding the winning edge. You know, you you talked about a lot of great stuff today with all the technique and all those things. But you know, as you look at yourself as a coach and what you're trying to do with your players, both on and off the field, what's the one thing you you do that really helps your players find the winning edge? Oh golly, that's a tricky one. I think. I think, and, and this goes into what I've learned most at Ohio State through both Coach Meyer, Coach Day, Coach Hartline, Coach Dennis, it comes back to love. And what I mean by that, today's day and age, you, you can't coach out of fear. It's just not going to work. You'll see it over and over again. Coach Day always says you got to coach with tough love. Because, I mean, even if I ask you, if I ask anybody in this room, who do you love and then what are you willing to do for that person, the answer is anything. So if you could get to that relationship with your player, uh, we're going to be unstoppable. Coach Meyer used to ask us, and, and really this is the key to answer your question, he used to say, how do you spell love? And the answer he was looking for was T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. All right, T-I-M-E is how you spell love. So I, I encourage all the coaches out there, you want a winning edge, you, you got to put the time in with your players, that equity. All right, how am I going to yell at a kid in mat drills? Coach Day asked us this. How, how am I going to yell at a kid you know, and, and coach him hard if I don't have something in the bank? And what's that mean? Maybe it's a conversation when he's in the cold tub, you know, in two-a-days. Maybe it's in winter, hey, offering to drive him to class or in a high school level, talking after practice. That's building the equity uh, that's going to help out so I can coach him hard. So I really think it comes down to love. Well, Keenan, it was great talking with you here. I'm excited to, you know, watch what you do in your career. Thank I think you. There's, there's a lot ahead for you, and, and uh, you got a great start to it. You're at a great place right now, so it'll be exciting to watch you. And uh, I know you're on Twitter, so if our listeners want to connect with you on Twitter, what's your handle? Yeah, it's at Coach Key, Coach K-E-E on Twitter and Instagram. Keenan, thanks again for being with us. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, look forward to, to hearing your talk here in a minute. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.